Yo, what's up everyone? It's Simon from Down in the Basement. I just wanted to pop in and announce the winner of this week's $25 Visa Virtual gift card. The lucky winner this week is... Lee Kim. Congratulations. Thank you guys all for participating. Uh, now, if you didn't win this week, don't you worry. You'll have another opportunity to get the bag next week. Just head over to our Instagram at WeTheBasement and check out our In the Mind of episode post description. And with that said, enjoy the show. Options, choices, and we get and we live ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of down in the basement podcast today i will be your host ricky the soundboard guy um, as you all know, we have a special segment called In the Mind Of, where we like to bring on special guests to talk about things going on and just get a peek into their mind about situations. And uh, so, yeah, today in the room, we have Simon, of course. Yo, what's up? We have Ellie, Elizabeth. What's up, what's up, what's up? We have the great and powerful Anthony. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy. <laughs> and our very amazing special guest for today, Jeanette. Hello. Hi, Jeanette. Hi guys. Hey. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having Welcome. me on here. It is honestly our pleasure. We, we thought about doing something like this and decided, you know what? It's, uh, it's time, you know? And uh, this, this could get a little complicated because it is, you know, virtual. Let me put on my headphones again. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, yes. sir. Yep. Okay, let me just put on, let me just put on my headphones again. All right, and we're back. So yeah, Jeanette, um, can you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself? What do you do, and where you're currently at? Yeah. So um, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, born and raised, and I made the move to New York for grad school, uh, for occupational therapy. And since grad school, I've been in New York for about five years. Uh, so I'm an occupational therapist. So that is basically a medical profession where we have a holistic approach. So we basically look at individuals as a whole um, and we are based basically on rehabilitation. So we basically uh, focus on restoration, compensation and adaptation. Um, the biggest thing a lot of people usually ask me is what's the difference between PT versus OT? So the way I kind of like to explain things is PTs work on ambulation and transfers and OTs um, kind of look at, at the smaller picture. So PTs look at the big picture, if you're able to walk, if you're able to transfer, and OTs look at the smaller picture. So even though you can walk, are you able to dress yourself? Are you able to perform hygiene tasks? Um, and are you able to perform personal interest? So we are very individualized. Um, and that's kind of OT in a, in a little niche. Got it. Just for somebody who wouldn't know, PT and OT would stand for? Mm -hmm. Physical therapy and occupational therapy. Got it. Gotcha. And, and you work in the occupational therapy. And, you know, one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you on is because you are dealing with the craziness of this coronavirus because you are in the epicenter of it. And... Mm -hmm. 
we really just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, firsthand. How is this, you know, affecting you? How is like, how do you feel being amidst all this, you know, craziness going on? Mm -hmm. So I work in subacute care. So a huge disclaimer, I don't work in the ICU. Um, okay. But in the setting that I work at, we basically have patients who come for uh, either like hip replacements, knee replacements, stroke, cardiac issues. Um, and then of course with New York, since the spread was just, you know, so huge and it was inevitable that all healthcare facilities would get hit, we ended up getting um, COVID patients without even knowing. So it became tricky in the beginning just because, you know, it's such a new disease, a new virus. No one had any idea how it was spreading. Um, exactly, you know, like the, the symptoms we're learning about much later on. But the tests that, the tests were basically limited. So we didn't have a lot of tests to see if people were positive. So while we were seeing patients for different reasons, they then started having symptoms. So they either had fevers, uh, shortness of breath, um, dry coughs. And within that, it began to spread throughout our facility. And now we're actually getting more patients that are ready for rehab. So they went through the ICU, they're stabilized, and now they're ready for us. Um, but the hardest thing is with this disease, you don't quite know how the onset will be like. Uh, so within two weeks, we had about 50 patients pass. Um, and it's a very, very quick, uh, I guess like quick progression. So most mm -hmm. patients that come in within about a week, you usually don't see them. So they typically pass away within a week. Um, you know, on a positive note, we did have one patient I saw yesterday that was just admitted. And she was the first patient that was actually able to get out of bed, able to stand up and walk with us. Wow. So, yeah, so a lot of the patients we see are very fatigued, um, have shortness of breath, they're oxygen dependent. Uh, so it's, it's, been, it's been stressful, um, a little crazy. Yeah, I, I, I wanna have a quick question. Like, do you think like what, what makes it so scary? Cause like I've heard a lot of people and I've seen people like just talk about, oh, it's just like the flu. Um, and I mean, like, I know that, is it what makes it scary that we just don't know anything about it? Mm -hmm. Would you say like like what when any I guess for everybody open discussion is that what like for people kind of like who say oh it's just kind of like the flu like we can't downplay this right because it's it's something we don't we don't know about or is it like I don't know yeah so it's scary in the fact that it has spread so fast right and the scariest part is the coronavirus is typically spread within animals and it's you know rare that it would even come into humans like it would infect humans so the scariest part is it does have symptoms related to flu however because it's so new and it's never actually infected a human before we don't have the immunity for it so there, it. we don't really have you know antibodies to help us antibodies to protect us um and so that's kind of the biggest scare right now because you know you hear a lot through media through the media, um, and I feel like the biggest thing is it does basically affect, of course, the older population, people with compromised immune systems, but it's also affecting the young as well. Um, yeah. And 
there are a ton of stories of healthy people like us who end up getting infected and some that end up passing away. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's scary because it's new. We haven't had anything quite like this and we don't have, you know, like um, medis- medication for it or a vaccination for it. Got it. I have a question. When yes. you free. Jump, first, jump on in. When you first um, were thinking about doing this as your career, did you ever think about, you know, this ever happening to this scale? No, like absolutely not. I feel like I can speak for most of us that are mm-hmm. in healthcare, especially on the rehab side of things where we're typically used to seeing patients mm-hmm. um, where, you know, we get them not at their best. And based through rehabilitation, we get them back to where they previously were. So my intention going into this profession was just being able to help individuals get back on their feet and go home. Um, so it's, it's, it's very different, you know, uh, but I feel like we do have this um, kind of like this purpose, right? And we, we, have, we have to serve the purpose for everyone. Yeah. Nice. My question is, since you're in New York, first of all, thank you so much for talking to us and taking the time to talk to us. Um, my question is, can you just walk us through what it's like to live in New York and just what, how much has your life changed in everyday life? We're all going through this, but since you're in what is now called the epicenter of this virus and this disease, can you just walk us through how your neighborhood kind of looks like and how it has changed since this all happened. Right. So when you think of New York, you think about big crowds, like a loud city, a city that never sleeps. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy how fast things have changed. Um, you know, now when you walk down the street, there's less people. Um, it's much more quieter. And um, you do see a lot of more homeless out and about. Uh, especially on like the subways and it's just the setting of the city is so grim now it's it's grim it's quiet it's not how i would imagine remember what new york was like uh so you definitely feel the hit and you it's it's real you know it's like a real ongoing issue um so it's it's a little sad to see the city the way it is now um and i also feel like it's definitely affecting like my commute um, so when I go into the city and I go into work, there's less trains now just because they're basically trying to, you know, um, prevent the spread of COVID. So with that, a lot of MTA um, employees have actually tested positive. Mm-hmm. So that means there's less MTA employees, which means there's less trains. So typically a train ride that would take you about maybe five or four minutes to hop onto a train, now you're waiting about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so it, it does delay like commutes. Mm-hmm. Um, everything feels a lot slower. So it's just, it's a really weird thing to kind of go through when you live in such a big city. Yeah, it's weird. I know like um, New York and like, I know like San Francisco, like I would say they're relatable. Obviously I feel New York does have a little bit more um, congestion uh, there, but like, I wonder like why it hit, why did it do we know why it hit New York so hard versus like San Francisco or like all these other like well populated metropolitan cities? areas? Yeah, right. I mean that's a great question, and I feel like, and for example, California. I feel like you guys 
definitely took a quick approach and a preventative approach in sheltering in place so early on. Yeah. And I feel like New York, for example, it took a while for us to get there. Um, yeah. Even when you know the disease was co- going to China, to Europe, and then making our way to the U.S., I I personally felt like New York was kind of at a standstill, just waiting, you know, kind of in denial. Oh. And I still remember the day where they had found, I think it was one person that was infected with COVID in New York and nothing was being done. And then come the end of that week, there was about 30 people infected, nothing was done, right? And then come two, three weeks later, it just kept increasing and no change was being seen or nothing was being done. So I feel like the changes took too long to happen. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, now we're kind of dealing with that consequence. Um, and it's 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 hard to see that. Um, I mean, one of the things that I had told um, Ricardo is, in our facility, we got to a point where we ran out of body bags. Uh, wow. for, yeah, for you know the patients that had passed, um, and we were running out of space. So what ended up happening is a lot of the, pa- the patients that had passed kind of just stayed in their room for three or four days mm-hmm. until we were able to find space. Um, yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah. You always hear about these things where they're, they're saying there's so many people in these beds and so many people dying, especially in New York. I think the, the count right now is about 250,000 that are... Uh, total cases in there and Mm -hmm. about like 19 19, 19,000 that have unfortunately passed away and you just hear about people just being put in they can't even be put in in body bags anymore they started putting them in like freezers and stuff and in like cars and it's just it's just crazy to think about that Um, what I'd like to know is like what you think a lot of people are wondering this right like what is how is this gonna look when it's over Will it ever be over? Is there a sense of going back to normal after this? Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Right. This is a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, you know, like I myself personally always wonder, when is this going to be over? When are we going to get back to normal? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's going to be a while until we get there. Just because, you know, of course, you know, Trump, um, the governor of New York, the mayor of New York, um, you know, they, they want everyone to get back to work as soon as possible, right? Yeah. So they want everyone to get back to the city. Um, but it's, it's hard to kind of gauge when we'll be ready for that. And I feel like if they decide to do that sooner rather than later, there's going to be, again, an increase of yeah. people that are getting infected, increased number of deaths. Um, so it's hard to say. Um, a lot of people have you know, mentioned and guessed that there might be a second wave coming in the fall and it might be yeah. even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you think know, that'll I happen? I think so. I really think so. Um, and I don't see it, things getting better until we actually have the vaccine for it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I think my yeah. question is... Because throughout, this has now happened for like almost, we're heading into almost two months of the whole country dealing with this pandemic. And I've seen videos of nurses kind of venting online as to how they're feeling, what they're going through. And let me know if this is maybe like 
a question that's a little bit too sensitive for you, but I just want to know how you're dealing and how you're coping because for all of us, we all are going through this, but obviously you're more on the frontline end of this pandemic, but how are you dealing with this pandemic and how are you helping yourself where you're not so overwhelmed with everything that you're experiencing? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you taking care of that mental? mental that's yeah. important. <laughs> right, mental health, that's, that's super important. That's something I'm also trying to figure out myself um, just because, you know, at least in the setting that I'm in, um, my mindset has just taken a huge shift where now when I go in, it's, it's kind of morbid and eerie to think about, but I kind of anticipate, um, seeing, you know, and expecting people dying and passing. Um, and I feel like that has made things a little bit easier, but it is, um, it does take, an emotional toll on you uh, just because we've worked with patients where you know you see progression you see them getting better and then they start showing symptoms of covid and a couple days later you find out that your patient had passed right um so i feel like one of the things that helps me um is kind of just once i come home think about at least three things that i'm thankful for um and just go through that through my mind and it's just it could be simple things it can be um big things but that kind of at least has a little bit of positivity in you know like my daily routines Mm -hmm. um also just going for a walk or running right also social distancing but finding ways to kind of practice like self-care and um finding ways to keep my mental health you know tip-top shape So what are three things you're grateful for? (laughs) (laughs) The dog Um, for sure. (laughs) Corgi for sure. Yes, definitely my, you know, my Corgi, number one. Yeah, hey. (laughs) Um, You know, my family and friends, um, they've been a huge support system throughout this whole, um, you know, journey and experience, whether it's just checking in. um, I've had a huge... um, huge support system where a ton of my friends have sent either N95s or they've made um, DIY masks and sent it my way. So that's been really helpful. And it just, it feels great to know that you have this support system, even though physically you can't see it, right? And Mm -hmm. sometimes mentally I can't quite feel that or think of that. Um, So it's just nice to have these little reminders that friends and family are here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think actually that's pretty dope like to to kind of just check in with yourself at the end of the day. You know, it is a really hard time especially for everyone on the front uh, line and I think mm-hmm. like for anyone listening, you know, like it, it is kind of one of those things where you should just check in with yourself and kind of know what you're thankful for cuz it, it definitely does mm-hmm. help out. That's pretty cool. I wanted to uh, follow up on the you mentioned that some of your friends, you know, send you N95s. And also some send you like some do-it-yourself face masks. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Because at the beginning, you know, of this whole situation, they were saying don't even bother putting like, a, a, you know, a do-it-yourself face mask on. Like mm-hmm. those don't really help. Like you should use more of these like filtered, more, you know, precise face masks. And a lot of people are still thinking, you know what, why, why do I even wear like a face mask unless it's like the actual <laughs> 
the actual N95s, you know? What, what's your take on that? So my take is, it's, it's just because I've read, you know, a lot of um, articles on CDC, um, NPR. So the N95s, which I'm sure you guys have heard so many times, um, you know, ideally should be for healthcare providers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the DIYs definitely, I think, um, should just be worn when you're in a public setting, when you're social distancing. You know, of course, it's uh, made of like cotton and there's no filter. Um, however, because a lot of people could be asymptomatic and not even know that they have COVID, uh, you yourself could be preventing the spread of it. And so I think it's honestly better than nothing. Um, and it's just it's just also crazy because I've heard these insane stories of people hoarding N95s and then trying to sell them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, we've definitely had some some shit shows of the week in our regular episodes <laughs> where where people are out here just hoarding equipment and reselling them for ridiculous amounts of prices. And I'm, I actually think that there was a gentleman in New York who got arrested by the FBI because he was hoarding, I think, like 900 boxes or 9,000 boxes of N95s. Ridiculous. Yep, he was hoarding in Brooklyn, I think. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> Brooklyn. Yep. And... I mean, that's why I got my face masks on. They're not N95s, you know. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. The other day was crazy. I saw somebody, they were wearing a face mask, and then they looked like they were getting ready to sneeze, and they literally pulled their face mask (laughs) down (laughs) so that they could sneeze. Like, No, the the worst thing I've seen is people wearing gloves, right? So when when you wear gloves, you feel protected. So you're touching everything. And the worst thing I've seen is someone on the subway touching everything with their gloves. They sit down. They have, like, a bag of food. They no, open the bag. It's no. fries. Yes. They go inside with their gloves. No. And they start eating their fries. <laughs> and then they touch their phone. And yes. Like, oh, my God. That is the worst thing you can do for yourself. To me, like, like don't wear gloves. my phone. Because I know I touch my I phone. Think- like, when I go grocery shopping, my list is on my phone. And, like, everything I do now, like, I can't put my phone back in the bag because they don't, like, cross-contaminate everything i have so it's like right. it's the phone because we all use it and we all touch it and it's huh. mm-hmm. people gonna people i think we said it we said it we said it last episode yeah. people will people <laughs> i i wanted to ask uh just like kind of like so i know we hear about all the symptoms and stuff and, I, and i've never been in contact or seen anyone who kind of has mm-hmm. it i know it's it's do you see the same thing with all like or is it is it like different like do some people have like a fever or something like that i know you don't do well you do catch like their symptoms if you guys like if they come in with it and stuff mm-hmm. is that something like different that you see all the time or is it like the same kind of pattern that they always have before you know like oh they, they need to get tested or right they, they so, do have it so the main things i've seen um it typically starts out either with a non-productive cough or a fever Um, So, you know, usually when it starts with a fever, everyone is in a heightened state and we're just anticipating and waiting. And then you start seeing all the other symptoms, shortness of breath, uh, dry cough, right? Um, But there are also other symptoms that um, have shown up in just few patients. Uh, One was being diarrhea. So that shows up, I think, in about 37% of cases. And uh, a few other patients also had abdominal pain. So those are like two that we've seen, but not in all cases. 
See, see, that sucks because even now, sometimes, like, I'll, like, start coughing and I'm like, wait, why am I coughing? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then, like, and then I'll just, like, start, like, doing breathing exercises because I know one of the biggest <laughs> things is, like, you have trouble breathing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I cough. Uh, hold my breath. <gasps> and, like, I'll just, like, try to, like, do a quick test. Like, okay, no, I'm good. Okay, maybe it was just, like, a dry cough or something. But, yeah, it's just so, like... You turn no, into I, such a like, you know, I forgot what that word is where you just think you have like every paranoid. Like, like, I don't know. Me, it, it makes me like I have that same thing, dude. I, I've seen, I've been sitting there and I had a cough and I'm like the first thing I'm thinking like, OK, if it happens again, I'm going to start Googling. But like if I start Googling, <laughs> you know how that goes. Right. So it's just kind of like one of those things where, you know, I don't know. You I, I feel like you'll know when you have to kind of I got to get up out of here and go. Right. Is that kind of like the I would yes. imagine or no? You'll, you'll definitely know. I mean, obviously, fever is the dead giveaway. Um, but I've heard stories where, you know, just trying to sit at the edge of your bed, trying to stand up, trying to, like, walk to the bathroom. And if you're feeling fatigued and tired, that's, you know, that's, like, a red flag. Um, oh, yeah. Or a bad hangover, you know? Like, I'm <laughs> like, like, that's why I'm scared to even, like, you know, just go ham. Because what if, you know, it's just a hangover? Or what if it's more? I don't know. I've heard some stuff like I've actually saw this like was it yesterday like we're, we're like alcohol makes it worse like or can like increase the chances of you getting it like, I don't know I saw that yesterday and I was I like thought alcohol was a solution that's what I, I was saying <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet that's a new one <laughs> I was like, no, you can't take Jeanette, this away from us Jeanette, you, you already know that's you, Jeanette, you already know that's just somebody saying, you know, a shot of tequila a day keeps the doctor away. But All this misinformation. Yeah. yeah. And, and there is a lot of misinformation, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Is, is the who really lying? Because <laughs> all the answers are in here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy because my family, you know, they're now so hyper focused on COVID and we're in a group chat and when I'm at work now, my phone just goes off like all day and they're just sending articles um, about like the latest news on COVID and you click the link and it's just like these outrageous, um, you know, like conspiracies or these outrageous theories. And it's just crazy because there's just so much misinformation. I feel like the biggest thing is, you know, if you're reading an article, think about like, where is it from? Um, is it valid? How reliable is it? Um, like, who is actually sharing this information? What are, yeah. what are some crazy things you've read that you were just like, no, this is not true, you know? I mean, I'm sure you guys heard of it, the whole um, COVID being caused by 5G networks. Mm. Oh, yeah, I just saw that this morning. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Honestly, and people I are still actually, don't get that. I don't know either. Like people are actually trying to destroy, like the five G networks or whatever, because they actually thought it was causing COVID. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I heard we're not supposed to stand next to like a microwave either, but everybody still does that. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Well, we did have yeah. a theory that um, this COVID nineteen was like um, was a made up strain. Was like genetically oh, modified oh here comes anthony with the conspiracy <laughs> to be for humans. talk about it talk How about you it feel about that <laughs> uh, anthony's, oh anthony's got a direct source that's why he's 
He's got a my guy. He's got my a guy, guy says, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when when people have time, you know, like that's that's really all you have is time, and what what happens? Like, I don't know. I feel like the conspiracy theories keep things spicy. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it's like, a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> it definitely keeps things spicy. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just my optimistic viewpoint in life, but it's hard for me to think that someone would actually create this strand and kind of spread it all over the world. I, just because in my mind, it's like if you create this strand, you also have no control of who ends up contracting this virus and this disease. So then it's like, are you willing to fact sacrifice your family and your friends and X, Y, and Z? Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's it's crazy for me to think about. That's actually a good, like, a really good point. Like, if you're smart enough to, to create this, you should be smart enough to understand the what comes after it the and kind of like how you, you don't have the control of it. That's actually a pretty mm-hmm. good point to touch on. I mean, Honestly. what if that was part of the plan, though? Yeah, Who said that they weren't They have control? a vaccine in secret. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that vaccine needs to come now. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, so, like, if there is this vaccine being, like, like created right now, or I guess right now researched, I'm not sure what portion of the steps it's at. But, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, in in normal cases, I don't know if there is a normal case here, but how long would that usually take? Is it, like, a a couple months? Is that a year? Is that years? They're saying it could take, you know, maybe 12 to 18 months, Mm -hmm. maybe even longer to create this vaccine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I don't see it coming anytime soon. See, and like we talk about all this and you hear about all this happening and like you still see people like outside. I think people are like out right now protesting about like why America needs to stay open. Like Mm -hmm. honestly, like I don't I I just don't understand why Mm -hmm. people can't follow a couple guidelines to stay inside to promote and pretty much save people. You know, like it's it drives me nuts. I don't understand. Yeah. That was just a small uh, little rant. I, <laughs> Sorry. I think, <laughs> I, honestly, I, think, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, okay, like, a lot of places want to get the shelter-in-place lifted because a lot of states don't really have as big an impact as, definitely not as New York. New York is, is, is definitely the one impacted the most. But if you look at, like, Vermont, they have 812 cases with only about 38 deaths. So some places are definitely get hit more than others. And, you know, it's like around there where people are starting to just kind of be like, we need to get to work. And I can understand that because people do need to work to to pay their bills and stuff like that. You know, like like it, it sucks when small businesses aren't open like restaurants and they need something to stay afloat or this pandemic's going to end up just costing them their whole investments, you know. So True. I understand that. But like definitely in places like New York. Um, California, like top 10 states definitely shouldn't try to be, yeah, they shouldn't try to be, you know, protesting to, to open up the, just open up the community again. Yeah. Yeah, The economy, because Mm -hmm. it definitely would be a bad, a bad site, a bad, it could get, it could get worse, but do you think we're getting better at all? Last time we talked, I know that you said that the curve is definitely reducing it's it's plateauing a little bit do you still feel that way i feel like it's definitely plateauing um but i'm not quite sure you know when this is actually going to be like something in history you know where like we look back at it and um remember it just because 
uh, another thing I had mentioned to you is that because there's such a shortage of tests that we can give to individuals, there are a lot of people that are dying, um, never being tested, right? So when they pass, basically it's considered probable or suspected COVID. So it's not an actual diagnosis. Um, and one of the biggest issues here is a lot of our hospitals are at overcapacity. So they are having issues admitting new patients, right? So what ends up happening is a lot of these patients end up getting turned away. So they end up staying home. So we don't quite have the exact number of how many people are dying inside their homes. So it could look like it's plateauing, but there's so many other factors that we don't know. That's true. Wow. Didn't even think of it like that. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some like positive things you've seen, maybe from your neighborhood, from your communities, that you know, just kind of give you a little bit of, of, of hope and faith that not everything is bad, you know, good times are coming. Mm -hmm. Has there been any, any actions like that? Um, there's been a good amount. So um, there's actually a nonprofit. I guess I'll just plug it in now. Uh, <laughs> plug it called... in. Plug it. <laughs> I could be saying this wrong. I could be butchering it. But they're called Tikhan Olam Makers. Um, it's basically Tom abbreviated. And they are a nonprofit. So, of course, you guys are aware of the shortage of PPE. Mm -hmm. um, especially in our facility at the very beginning, we just had a lack of uh, PPE and this nonprofit stepped up and they actually um, donated a ton of face shields for us. I think they donated about over 200 face shields and they actually made it themselves. Uh, so that was definitely something positive that came our way and it felt nice and it, felt, it just felt like we had this support from the community. Um, and then, a, and then a second thing I think, which started maybe in Europe, uh, around 7 p.m. in New York, everyone in their buildings will cheer and clap, and they're basically cheering for all the healthcare providers. And hey. it's, it's a yeah, it's a great feeling. I have coworkers uh, that can hear it right outside uh, their building, and yeah. it's it's very emotional. And uh, a few of them cry, but it's it's just like tears of joy, just knowing that you know someone is behind us, even though we can't physically see them mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you're oh, appreciated so <laughs> thank you um but i, I don't oh. know i feel like everyone has a part to play you know like we have a part to play uh you know going in being the frontliners but you guys also have a huge part in terms of sheltering in place um you know being at home trying to prevent the spread and i know that can definitely be hard just being stuck inside all day yep you hear it in our podcast we talk about it sometimes <laughs> especially elizabeth yes <laughs> i yeah but it's all definitely like you mentioned it, it is it's for the greater good it's 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 a team effort to get this taken yeah. care of so you know right I, that's definitely something to call out that there's there's a front and a back back into this so mm -hmm. back in stay your asses at home okay <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about how the government handled your situation over there? Um, Governor Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> hot let's, talk, seat. let's talk politics. I know. That's a hot seat. Hot seat. <laughs> you know, I am never going to understand the life of a politician, um, the pressures that they might feel. 
Um, but I just, you know, I, I just kind of wish there was more support in the beginning. Um, just because I, I feel for the longest time there was this lack of awareness of how short we really were on PPE, right? And for the ICUs, how short they were on ventilators. And that put a lot of healthcare providers at risk. Uh, we actually had two nurses um, passing away uh, just because we had this lack of PPE. They just weren't able to protect themselves. And a few of our doctors are actually still at home because uh, they tested positive. Yeah. So we're having oh, different wow. rotating uh, doctors from other hospitals coming in. So it's, it's definitely taking a hit, um, and it's really impacting healthcare providers. There's just a shortage right now. I, yeah, I hear you. That's like sending people to war without the guns. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It, it really is. I've also heard that there, there's been um, medical professionals from other states who have come to New York in order to assist. Have you ever had a chance to meet people who were coming in from other places to help you guys? I have not met anyone from out of state yet, but we are having uh, different agencies. So nurses that work for a different agency will come in, step in, and try to help as best as they can, uh, which has been really great to see. All that support must be like, incredible for you guys not just like people helping or people donating mm -hmm. equipment or supplies but even like everyday new yorkers like every day at 7 p.m kind of like showing you guys like telling you guys in the mm -hmm. best way that they can that they really appreciate you guys so that must be very like heartwarming during these hard times for you guys yeah it's it's great it's like emotional of course um but it's it's a great feeling uh and i would how do I say this? It's interesting because a few of my classmates who were working in acute care are now actually stepping in and moving towards the ICU units as well. So um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, uh, but it's called proning. So patients that have um, like severe COVID uh, need to be intubated. And they found that when you intubate a patient on their stomach face down, it opens up their airway and they're able to get more oxygen. So when you prone a patient, what ends up happening is they're able to lay on their stomachs intubated, but for 16 hours. Um, so after the 16 hours, you have to flip them back onto their backs. So flipping a patient takes about maybe four to eight people to do. So since there's such a shortage of nurses, um, they've been asking physical therapists and occup occupational therapists to step in and help with that. So I've heard stories of, um, you know, a few of my colleagues that are doing that now and are training for that. Mm. And it's just, it's just so interesting to see how our profession is making this shift and, you know, coming closer to the front lines. Mm -hmm. Everything's changing, man. I mean, like other companies are starting to work from home and switching to a more virtual slash digital type of workspace but it seems like even now our healthcare professionals are just seeming like it doesn't matter what career choice you chose or what specific department it's like you got to learn everything in order to just help out right mm -hmm. and it's i it's definitely difficult and you know like you asked um in terms of like mental health you know what am i doing what are others doing I think when you go into work, 
and you're just faced with chaos, right? And you're faced with death. You don't quite have time to cope in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're going through work. You're taking it all in. You're trying your best to help as much as you can. And then, you know, finally, when you come home, you can decompress. And sometimes it just comes hitting all at once. Yeah, it's um, like so. It's it's challenging. It's kind of like you're you're working and then you're seeing it firsthand and then you come home and then you'll get notifications from like news outlets that this is still going on. So it's very hard where you can't escape it, but you have to kind of take a breather and just step back and be like, okay, I'm not going to watch news coverage just because I don't want to be reminded of that because you're living it. So yeah, I relate to that. Right. Like a new thing I'll do now, which I have to explain to a ton of my friends when I come home, you know, about seven thirty-eight, I just put my phone on airplane mode because it's just the amount of news that comes through my phone or, you know, as much as it is coming from a caring place, the amount of texts that are coming and, you know, um, asking how I'm doing and how everything is going. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's coming from a place of love, but at the same time, sometimes for me, it's too much. Yeah. So for myself, I kind of just silence my phone, just, you know, take a breather, get away from reality for a little bit. And then when I'm ready, just hop right back in. Mm-hmm. Do you reclaim have... your space? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've also heard that um, when medical professionals kind of come home, they go through this routine where they're there, where they like take off their shoes or they try to sanitize like whatever they have with them. Do you have a routine similar to that when you come home? <laughs> yes. Um, so I actually live with my boyfriend. So we now have this routine. Um, when I come in, I just strip straight down, get my scrubs off. I have um, a little baggie, and that's just where all my scrubs go. So I strip down to put all the scrubs in the bag, head straight to the, the sink, wash my hands, head straight into the shower, <laughs> just shower, get everything off, and then just start my day again, like at home. So we have more of a routine. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not, you know, 110% foolproof, um, but I do what I can just to kind of prevent the spread of coming into my home. Mm-hmm. Can I can I ask a quick question? Um, I, I know that you're, you know, you're not a mind reader, but I bet this conversation's probably come up with, with your boyfriend, but like, how does, you know, like, how does he feel being with a nurse who's like, on the front lines you know dealing with this stuff like have you guys ever talked about it and like (laughs) do you gotta reassure him like babe don't worry like once i start coughing like you'll be the first to know like like how's that how's that dynamic has it has it changed up a lot like do you like how is that i mean to like you know to start off this conversation you know when we first started dating he knew i was an occupational therapist he knew you know the type of setting that I that I am in. Um, when we found out we had our first COVID patient, you know, I immediately texted him and I was like, you know, we are anticipating this and the day is finally here and we have a COVID positive patient. And we kind of talked about, well, what should we do? Like, should we sleep on separate um, beds? Like, should we distance ourselves? But it's hard because we live, you know, under the same roof. <laughs> 
And at that point, he was just like, you know what? At this point, you might have already gotten it. I probably might have had it. So, like, Hey, it's fine. let's go. Let's just- a writer. <laughs> that's that's a writer right there. He's like, he's like, babe, you got it. I got it. All right? We, we, got, we, it. Got, we it. got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. That's that a real it. one right there. Hey, shout out. But, shout you know, out like, to him. I'm, I'm just trying my best, though, to just wash my hands, yeah. um, you know, keep some sort of distance between us. But he's been he's been such a good um, support system for me. But, you know, again, I feel like for a lot of healthcare providers, when you come home, you run into this dilemma of you want to talk to your person about your day. You want to vent, right? You just want it to get it all off your chest. But yeah. by doing that, you're also kind of adding more onto their plate. Yeah. yeah. So it's just this, like, you know, this up and down of what what should I share and what shouldn't I share. Um, and I think up to this point now, it's been a lot easier to kind of take my day, you know, um, basically go through the day during my commute and go back to the whole, what are three things that I'm thankful for? Um, and I just repeat it over and over until I feel more of a sense of positivity, right? A sense of control um, in my own life. And that seems to help a lot. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you have someone that you're able to just kind of vent about it and talk about it, and they're there, you know, just to hear you out. Because, like you said, sometimes it can be kind of, you know, just hard. Like not just dealing with your own problems amidst this crisis, but also like when you have someone who is also just dealing with a lot and being able to listen to them and not let that affect you. That's that's good. So. So I'm glad that you have that type of support system. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And like for people, like I know, like I've seen stuff online, and it's like kind of like you know, you should be taking your thousand milligram vitamin C's per day. You should be getting certain amount of sunlight a day. Like, is there an actual like, like have you seen any like stuff that has helped, or like, or is it kind of one of those things where just stay home and that's the only thing, like you know, (laughs) that really kind of just helps prevent. I mean, I'm sure, like, we, we do have all these, like, work out, stay active, eat right. We know those mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. is there any, like, little things that you have, you know, heard in, in your time that may have helped? I'm trying to think of anything that's been, you know, like, peer-reviewed, evidence-based. God, um, yeah, that's that's true. That, that's, that's, I, I get that. <laughs> I'm over here, like, asking for, is there a cure? Like, Simon, Simon is just that's really scared, all right? We're trying to find out <laughs> how that's we my bad. Like, I, I thought about it after. I was like, no, Simon, that's not cool. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just, like, anticipating, mm-hmm. waiting for something. Because, you know, we all want answers. Um, but, like, I'm not yeah. a doctor, and it's just, like, it's it's. I have personally have not found any solutions or answers that could help, unfortunately. Biggest thing is just washing your hands, right? Yeah, that's the big... And, you know, 20 seconds, <laughs> warm <Yeah>. water. <laughs> oh, warm? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so warm water. I'll be sure to use warm next time. <laughs> what's, what's one thing you're looking forward to once shelter in place is lifted? Honestly, I'm just looking forward to see, seeing like my friends and my family, like having those connections again. Just because I feel like we're just we're social beings, right? And we're so yep. used to yes. having that face to face conversation. So it's like I just I just want to hug my people. Me too. Me. <laughs> Ellie's the same. She's. I, I felt that one. 
I jokingly always say like this shelter in place has really shown me um, that I'm like I like belong to the streets. I miss people. If there's a party, <laughs> if there's a party and the party starts at ten, I'm gonna be there at eight thirty helping you set up. I miss friends. <laughs> like, I want to hug people again. Like I'm a very Honestly, social like, I like I even miss like walking down the street in New York and like yelling at cars that are yes. like, about to run you over. Like, I miss yep. those little things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, you, you know it's bad when you miss when you miss almost being run over and just having to like right. cuss yeah. out someone real quick. I think I I said this um, the other day like in another podcast that. Um, my neighbor who I've never talked to for years like we both went out at the same time and she said hi and it felt like both of us we needed that social interaction we're like how are you and like I've never talked to you in my life but how are you how's your how's your dog how's your family so everyone I think we all kind of miss socializing with people yeah you know what's crazy um I I kind of want to ask you Jeanette because I heard something the other day on the news that was crazy how how so my question is how does it feel or how do people react maybe when you go out into into the supermarkets or you know you have to like i don't know just just go out right and maybe someone starts talking to you they find out you're a nurse like what's their reaction because Mm -hmm. a lot of the time especially in mexico i just heard that in mexico here whereas we kind of respect our nurses and really appreciate them being on the front lines in mexico they're beating them up they're not letting them they're not they're not they're not letting them get on on public transportation they yeah yeah, and and this is because they're afraid they are gonna spread corona because they've they're on the front lines wow you know Mm -hmm. like like is there is there a different type of reaction like or have you like been in a in a situation like that or do you just really just try to stay home like don't even want to go out like how is that i have not received anything as intense as that (laughs) i think i've been lucky in getting more um, positive feedback where you know when i'm leaving for work obviously i have to be in scrubs and i'll walk down the street and onto the subway um a lot of people will either smile um i've had some people say thank you which which is nice. Like, I don't expect to thank you, but it, it's great to, to get. Um, I mean, that's that's all the positive things I've been getting. Uh, my boyfriend, on the other hand, had, I guess, like a mini negative experience. Uh, he was talking to one of our neighbors and, you know, they're just like chatting, checking in with each other. And he tells um, the neighbor that I work in a hospital and he takes a giant step back from him. <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. And he was just like, okay. Um. <laughs> what? Hey, you know what? Wow. That's good. Good space away then. That's great. Thank you for making this easy. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. But that's like the one, I guess, negative thing that we've uh, come across. So I, I would say I've been lucky. That's good. How do you feel getting thanked? I always wonder, like, because I see nurses and I want to say, like, thank you for your service. But I don't know. Like, I like I'll usually just like smile at them, nod, like just, you know, or maybe just be like, hey, you know, you know, appreciate you. Like, I see you, your scrubs, like, appreciate you. Like, I like how does that feel for you? Like, do you like it? Do you honestly like it? 
It feels weird. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been thanked for doing your job? No. (laughs) It's odd. It's It's very odd. Um, Just because, like you're saying, you know, I'm so used to going into work. It's a routine for me. Yeah. Um, And it's like not to go back into this dark hole, but it's just like personally, it's it's hard to feel like you're making a difference um, when there's just so many crazy and uh, unfortunate things happening, you know? So it's hard to process all of that. Um, but I'm trying to get used to when people say thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for your service. I know. We thank, thank you. you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to do that to you, but thank no. you. You know what? Honestly, thank you guys for sheltering in place. Nah, nah, nah. Work makes the dream work. Yes. It's the least we could do. Mm-hmm. But but on that note, just, you know, as as much as a, as you think that, you know, dealing with all this, it's not making a huge difference or i don't know it i don't think you feel this way but like i don't know it just kind of sounded to me like that but i honestly do really appreciate you and i appreciate you coming on this podcast and just talking about it like i obviously like appreciate what you do every day just going in i really feel like there should be more done to help you out because you know we we actually go back a long time you know i i mm-hmm. i think we went to the same middle school Yes, we did. Middle school days. <laughs> middle school days. Wow. And we went to the same high school. And, you know, I definitely care about you and I want you to be safe. And I want all your colleagues to be safe just because I really don't feel like they're getting the type of help that they need in terms of like PPE and like mm-hmm. just the way the whole government just really just dropped the ball at the beginning. Like it just sucks. And I, I do really just want to say thank you, like as you know, cliche, and we just talked about it. Like it's weird. Like no, I appreciate you for sure. Yeah, yeah thank you. you. That means a lot. Everything Ricky just said as well. Put we, because that's all. Yes. It was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a community message. That was really good. But we appreciate you and thank you as well. Yes, we all. Appreciate. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Yes. And and on this note, I also want Is to there ask one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's I just I want to ask, what's one message you want to uh, leave to our viewers or our listeners? You know, the biggest thing I can say is hang in there. Um, you know, we're definitely all in this together. And it's just everyone really doing their part, whether it's you having to go into work because you're an essential worker, you sheltering in place. You know, everyone has such a vital role in this. And any sort of action or anything you decide to do is really going to impact the lives of everybody. Um, so that's that's my biggest message because I feel like there's so much misinformation and, you know, some people just don't think this is a serious issue. Couldn't have nice. said it better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's Thank why you that. I, you hear that, everybody? I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you came here and, and talked about how serious it is. Is there anything you want to plug in terms of like organizations, you know, things you know that help you directly or are a big, you know, help to just like your colleagues or any, any, anything like that? I mean, um, cause you know, we obviously want to end this like on a positive note. Um, I don't have Twitter, but I've heard about this hashtag and it's called hashtag COVID kindness. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, a space where people share, you know, um, acts of service, right? Whether it's helping out a neighbor or um, doing something small for yourself or someone you care about. And it's just nice to kind of have that little bit of positivity when everything else is pretty dark. 
Yes. Are, are there any yeah. acts that, you know, like small little acts that people do that you've really appreciated greatly? I mean, the smallest acts is like people saying thank you, you know, um, people staying home, um, yeah. a nonprofit actually that we talked about um, originally didn't originated in New York and they're called Invisible Hands. So, yeah, so it's basically two college kids that, you know, saw that there was such a huge need to take care of the elderly, to take care of the people mm. most at risk. So they created a nonprofit and what they do is they're basically a companion and support system for specific elderly throughout New York and I think a little bit of New Jersey and they basically do grocery shopping for them, drop it off you know, right in front of their house or apartment, um, and they check in on them from time to time. And I think it's just a great thing because I feel during these times, the elderly are just so at risk, right? And yeah. they're just, they're, they're confined in their homes and it's, it's just a very dark time for them. So it's nice to kind of have this, I guess this gap being bridged with people our age and building that connection with them. Nice. So nice. just to reiterate that, the organization is called Invisible Hands mm -hmm. and it you can just Google it, invisiblehandsdeliver.com. You can donate to their organization and help people in the greater New York and New Jersey areas to help them get their groceries. That's great. Remember, um, so we were talking before and mm -hmm. I remember you told me this crazy story about this elderly woman who actually like kicked Corona's butt. Yeah, so there was an article about a week ago um, about this woman who was 102 and she kicked COVID's ass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and now she's, you know, uh, living her best life. I, I'm pretty sure, I think she's going through rehab, but she climbed that hump and it seems like she's doing great. Shout out to her. And there was Yeah, and there's also um a story that I read today and I think it was in Britain and it's just it was just so touching. There is an elderly man, he's a hundred years old. With the walker and he made a pledge. Yes, yeah. you you read you read about that, right? Yeah. It's amazing. He made a pledge to walk around his garden a hundred times by his birthday, which probably is the end of this month and a ton of people have you know felt just like so much compassion and um like just an immense um i can't even talk right now but just immense gratitude that they've donated so much money and i think he raised over how much was it two it was like a couple million thought. like a million two million, million? wow yeah yeah wow yeah so that's he did crazy it. Great stories here, honestly, just happening, and I'm glad glad we're ending it on that good note. Yes. Do do we all have any l final questions? Maybe thinking it's starting to wrap it up. We're coming up yep. on an hour. Anybody have any closing questions they want to ask? No, I, I think no, I, think I think it was a really great yeah. episode to kind of go through what you know um, in the mind of you, and we appreciate you coming on the show, allowing you uh, to come here and speak to us and. It was it was it was definitely an experience. Thank you. Yes. Sorry, thank you, sorry Jeanette. to do it again, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm I'm appreciative. Yeah. 
Well, so. thanks for sharing your, you know, your space, your podcast. Um, kind of sucks that we weren't actually in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon. Next time. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I can see us having you as a guest on again. Hopefully you're, you know, by that time, everything's definitely settled down. It will be settled down. Let's keep the optimism up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Everything, will, everything will get better as long as we keep taking care of ourselves. You can definitely come in and we can have some sangria. <laughs> yes. I'm all for it. Simon I mean, misses that the most. <laughs> like, I wish With I could that. give you guys, you know, the answers that you guys were hoping for, but it's just everything is so new and we're learning so much by the hour. Yeah. Yeah, I think also the right answer sometimes is knowing that there is no answer. So, like, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Just taking that's the precautions. One. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, right. if, if you want to hear about those those organizations again that's the invisible hands i'll probably link it in the description also uh tickum ola makers which provided mm-hmm. those really cool face shields you were talking about earlier i'll mm-hmm. also i'll also put that their organization can be found at tomglobal.org t-o-m global.org so yeah i mean you heard it here help out wash your hands socially keep socially distancing yourself so that jeanette can you know chill a little bit because god <laughs> it's been tough so right. yes mm-hmm. thank you Jeanette. Right. appreciate you tune in again are we doing wise week? words i have and a wise on, word i mean i have a wise word hit it yeah go for it we so so the way this works quick. is we we usually at the end of our podcast Jeanette, we usually have a wise word segment segment where we all just you know if you have something you want to share just for the world to know just just a quote or or something important you can just you can just share that wisdom so without further Ooh. ado simon simon you wanted to start it off sure can i get let me get a harp let me get a little harp <laughs> all right what i wanted to start with this is something that i read uh, actually a couple of days ago and it kind of really resonated with me and it actually ties in with today and how we're, we kind of you know, we know the front end, but also the back end of everybody kind of staying home for like an ultimate um, goal, right? So the the quote is by Henry Ford, and it says, "Coming together is a beginning, keeping together is a progress, but working together is a success." So Ooh. everybody, um, do your part. Stay home. Um, go to work if you have to, uh, and we'll get through this. Nice. Nice. Love that. Love Let's that. go with Elizabeth. Does, uh, me um i would say a wise person know that there's something to be learned from everyone so we learned a lot from you today so thank you so much for for talking to us oh i'm glad wow <laughs> nice let's go with ricky uh on the on the subject of you know really just taking care of your mental and just keeping that optimism alive you know just plain and simple i think gratitude is the best attitude and you know even though Jeanette's out here on the front lines putting in work at the end of the day she still thinks about what she's grateful for and and you know that's ultimately what's important so make sure you appreciate what you got nice let's go with Jeanette i mean you guys are putting me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) but all i can really you know, all I can really think about is um, there's always a better tomorrow, right? So we just always got to look forward to tomorrow, just being positive as much as we can. Yep. 
and let's be real here. Your whole this whole episode was a wise word from you, so you yeah. you got it covered. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> yep. Um, last but not least, I just want to leave everybody off with this. Um, anyone can take the wheel of the ship in calm water, but it's not so easy when it's not calm. So you can't just enjoy the good times. You have to be resilient through the tough times. And with that, tune in again next week because we are out. <laughs> Peace. Hey there. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Down in the Basement Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at We the Basement. Interact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until then, see you next week.